Oh, how are you doing? I'm well. Looking good there, sir. Hey, no hair, man. It's great. The toque's great gone. Time. Yeah. Well, the toque's still here, but I'm inside. So now it. Uh... Although you don't really need toque weather today, man. It's like what? Plus 11. Oh, it's today. ridiculous. It's crazy. I worry about, because if it gets cold again, we're going to be shivering. Yeah. Wow. So. We need more snow, man. You saw that report about something like 50 fires still going in Alberta. That's yeah. not good. Well, and, you know, spring is not that far away. You no. need stuff to grow. Yeah, right? we need some moisture for sure. Okay, so uh, let's start here. The Oilers don't play for like a week and a day, uh, and they've got a, a record to tie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's two ways. Number one, they're going to be, like, rested. Number two, Vegas has a long layoff, too. But you'd like that game to be tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I can see why the orders obviously you want to keep rolling. You know, if you look at their January schedule, they had two and three days off a lot of the time, right? Uh, they would play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, and, you know, they had Monday, Sunday off every week. So, yep. you know, they, they kept playing well uh, with the rest. Uh, you know, there was a few guys with some nagging injuries, so that'll probably help them. Uh, you know, Vegas is obviously banged up themselves. No Jack Eichel when they come back. Uh, I think the benefit for the orders is that, you know, they'll have McDavid and Drysaddle. I know the all-star game people are like, yeah, it doesn't matter. But the skills competition does matter this year, right? And it's going to be highly competitive. And I just think knowing McDavid and Dry, like the best players want to be the best, yes. right? They want it. They're, they're, they're humble, but they're highly driven. And and I do think that there will be a slight benefit. Like McDavid and Drysaddle. As we've seen here the last few games, uh, you need your best players to be your best players some nights. And it hasn't been every night in this 16-game uh, 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 winning streak. But there are going to be some games where you'll need your best players. And I think just the fact that those two have had some puck touches, they're not going to, you know. Now, I don't know if they left Saturday night. I didn't even ask. If they left Saturday night for four days, you go to Cabo and then you go into Toronto on Thursday. They could do it. Sure. Right, if sure. they wanted to. Um, I think they did last year, even if it was for three days. So, I don't know if it's ultimately going to matter, really, at the end of the day. Uh, Vegas has the same break, and you know what? You come in, I look at it this way. You win that game against Vegas, then you're rested for two days, and then you got Anaheim on the Friday yeah, for the record. It could be the record, yeah. Uh, I will say this, that I do think, that's just my opinion, I do think that what you said is right about the hand-eye and the, the fact that they've had practice a little bit. Uh, it's not like home run derby, where guys are trying to hit home runs, and then they often come back from it, and they go into a little bit of a slump. Yeah, yeah, this is different. It's like one-timers, hard a shot, which um, McDavid's not doing either one of those. Uh, Drysaddle, I think, is going to do the the uh, one-timer. Drysaddle won't do fastest skater. Obviously, McDavid will be in the fastest skater. Then they're both going to be in the passing drills. and You know what? I, I think it'll be fun. Uh, just because this a remember McDavid was the one who really was working with the NHL for this to come to fruition. So, yeah. you know, he's going to want to put on a show and doesn't mean he's going to win. Like, honestly, I don't know who like, it's hard to pick against McDavid, yeah. but, and especially if he's not doing the, the one timer or the hardest shot, I'm like, Hey, hard to pick against him in the other drills, but man, Nathan McKinnon's pretty good. Kucherov's pretty good. Like, yeah. You know, is is there one guy you'd say, wow, well, I don't really give much of a chance. I've seen some people saying it's JT Miller, and I'm like, okay, I guess. But, like, Elias Pettersson could shoot the pill, man. Yes, he like, can. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a pretty good player. Like, I love this. Like, it'll um, – it's something – I think a lot of people will be watching the skills competition this I year agree. because it's actually a competition. Yeah. What about the draft? I know it's kind of up and down, and, I mean, everybody's worried that they're going to be Phil Kessel, but I like the yeah. idea of it. I never, like – uh, Phil had a great attitude because, uh, oh, so just wait, I'm the last pick of the best players. Oh, woe is me. Like, give me no, a break. If that's no. the worst thing in your life that happens is that you end up being the final pick at a, and I don't call it the, the very good game, Al, great. 
No. Uh, let's be real here. It's pretty easy if you want to get down to the final three or four players on who they're going to pick here because there's there's guys in this in this very good game who aren't all-stars. Right. Because the NHL decides, well, we need a representation for every team. We'll accept, Al, if there's an injury because now there's no representation from Chicago. There's no representation from Vegas. But the game still goes on. It's amazing how that works. Right? It's almost like, Al, you don't need someone from every team. The the classic example was Sather, and I got to remember the year, but he had both goalies. It was 80, yeah. 80 might have been 85 or 6. I think there was eight guys, yeah. maybe even more. Uh, Lee Foglin was there. Yeah, you can, you can take four guys here and not even apologize. McDavid, Leon, Bouchard, Hyman belong. Oh, yeah. Well, Bouchard's in tough because of the format, right? But sure. he still probably would get in because there's him and Quinn Hughes. Yeah, no question about it. I think, like, Zach Hyman... When when they had replacements and they didn't name Hyman, who's from Toronto, right? Uh, they put in Kyle Connor, and I thought, okay, well maybe they they want a central division person to replace a central division person. And and Kyle Connor's a really good player. Don't oh yeah, know. he's yeah. actually probably more deserving of his career. But to me, if you make it an all star game, make it about that year and just make it the best guys. Because then you know what, Al? Later on in life, when you're like, hey, five time all star, it has some meaning. No. Right now, it doesn't have as much. Yeah, the season-ending one does, but not the Yeah, the, that's the first or second team all-star. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, going up to the deadline, I think Pickard, uh, I don't worry about CeCe. I like CeCe. I, I'm not concerned about that position. But I think Dylan Holloway and Corey Perry, those three, the Oilers are going to monitor how well they play, and it might somewhat dictate what they do at the deadline. Fair? To an extent, yes. I still think they're going to... They would like to add a right shot center who plays more. Like Derek Ryan plays on the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. All right. And then like look at look at la like last game to me was the first game where you saw the healthy roster. Twelve forward, six defensemen. Right? Like I don't have Sam Gagne in my top twelve. Right. Good depth guy, great. Derek Ryan played the fewest minutes I uh, of anybody. Right. And Everybody else was 12 plus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at the five on five and other guys he was kind of rotating in to take his spot. I just look and I, I think Chris Knobloch, a right shot center, Al, who can play five on five and penalty kill. Right. Not that Derek Ryan can't. Right. And I know that they really like him in the room. So I'm not saying they would get rid of him per no, se, no. but yeah. I I know it's it's not about who you like, it's who do we think can help us. And that's something I think they're going to look at. I'm with you. In an ideal world, would you like a better puck retriever and passer with Nurse? Yes, 100%. But I'm sorry. I understand that Sean Walker does those elements better. He doesn't defend better. No. And he's not six foot three, six foot two. Like, size does matter when all things are equal. No. On your blue line in the in the playoffs, and, and obviously there's the exceptions. McCarr is elite, Hughes is elite, Fox is elite. Although we haven't seen Quinn Hughes in the playoffs, but we will. Um, so that's where I look at. Although maybe he was there in the bubble, I can't remember. But either way, um, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Sean Walker. I, I know I've seen lots of articles, and I get all the numbers. But do I want Sean Walker playing with Nurse, who's going to play the still plays the tough minutes? Like, just look at their five-on-five five minutes during the winning streak. It's yeah. right there for anybody to see. He yeah. still he plays more than Bouchard and Ekholm. And I love Evan Bouchard, but Evan Bouchard is still not a guy that I want defending at crunch time. Yeah. They, um, do they have enough outside of the roster to get Lindholm out of Calgary? Do they have enough? 
Well, I don't think they have the cap space would be the uh, challenge. I think Vancouver is going to make a push for him, mm. to be honest. Um, I don't – and, again, it's going to come down to who's going to offer you more. But I, I don't think Edmonton has the cap space to do that. What for, about Monaghan? Would he be a target? Well, he makes way more sense because yeah. it's 1.95, right? Um, but, like, Sean Monaghan's putting up really good – Sean Monaghan is playing like the guy before the injury. Yes. When, when he was – I don't. I don't think people realize that Sean Monahan, same draft year, had more goals than Nathan McKinnon up until two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? He's a, he was a really consistent shooter yeah. and, and player, and now he's back to healthy. He's got a dirt cheap cap hit of one point nine. You know, if, if Montreal retains half and you trade away a guy, you're you're pretty much taking everything even. So Sean Monahan, I think, would be an easier trade. And I would. And I argued this on Daily Faceoff with Frank Saravalli that when I look at what the cost is going to be. I believe that you can get more value in Sean Monahan than what you're after going to give up to get Lindholm. I think you can make an argument for that. Do you think Monahan will cost a first? That's a good question. Um, I don't. It's a good, depends. Like, like a first is is always subjective because are we talking like if it's going to be twenty four to thirty two? Yeah, twenty four to thirty two. Yeah, maybe, but. It depends what like would Calgary want a second and another prospect, right? right. It, it all depends on on what you're what you're willing to give up. What are they looking at? Uh, or sorry, Montreal and, and Monaghan and and what they're looking at. So okay. like they might want to take some some younger players that are you know three years removed from a draft that have played a year in the American League that they think can play rather than take a first rounder that's not going to help them for five years. Yeah. Uh, one final thing that we're going to talk about football. Uh, I talked to some people on the weekend. They suggested to me. Uh, that, you know, Borgo would have value. I think people have to realize that minor league players who are struggling, even if they're first-round picks, their their value is not no. tremendous. Yeah. They just don't they don't move the needle. No, because guess what? Go around the American League. There's lots of them. Yes. Oh, former first-rounder, first-year pro, second-year pro, struggling. Okay, let's get on the list because guess what? And I've always said this, Al, two years after your draft – Three years after your draft, I don't really care where you were drafted. Yeah. P- most good scouts, it's irrelevant anymore. Ah, he was a first. Yeah, he was a first round in the eyes of someone. Maybe not our team. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. You know, Burgo is a young player still. We'll, we'll see where he goes, but he, his value is not nearly as high as people. Some people would value a first rounder more because then they trust their guys to pick who it is. Right. Yeah, I agree with that totally. All right. Raphael Lavoie would have more because he can shoot, yep. he can score, and he's got a little. Did you see that he had a pretty good tilt over the yeah, weekend he did. He, too. He got hurt on it, but he's not a broken hand, so he yeah. should be fine. Yeah, it's by, probably, yeah. and you know yeah. what? Uh, that'll happen. But he he's a physical player. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and he's got different dimensions. He might never be a scorer at the NHL level right. as a big scorer, but if he can play in your bottom six because of size, like Borgo is kind of limited. Now he is on the penalty kill. They're start because if you can't kill penalties. And you're not a scorer, well, then you, what you really what do, right? You, like, yeah. and because Burgo is not really physical, he's not really big, he's not really fast, right? Yeah. Skill player. Yeah. So I think Lavoie right now would have more value than Burgo. Yeah, I agree with that totally. Okay, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you got to the Final Four, but you lost on a kind of a well. I, I will say they they played well, but but the second half killed them, and then maybe some decisions from the coaching staff really hurt. Well, the thing is. If if you follow Detroit closely for three years, that's how Dan Campbell coached all the time, right? He he went for it a lot. Now some will say, you know what, that can work, but could you have kicked? Like to to me, it wasn't so much he didn't kick it; it was fourth down, and then he threw it. They they went deep to Armand St. Brown. I didn't like the like. If you're not gonna, you don't need to get a home run there. You just need to get a first down. Yeah. So, but they've been aggressive all year long, and it and it you know it, it didn't. 
it didn't work out for them at this time. But I, so I'm torn. Like I'm like, man, they don't get there here without being that way all the time. Yeah. So it's the old adage, I'll, uh, you know, go with who got you to the dance. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. At the and same time, had he kicked one of the two, yeah, I think it would have been, you know what? Bye. <laughs> Be tie game, maybe. So, But I give him credit, man. They did not quit. They just kept going, and that's kind of the attitude and the mentality of that team. Uh, you know, the 49ers being a good team, they've been around for a while, and, you know, they were terrible in the first half. They were. So, and they got a little bit of luck, the one interception. Yes. They had some luck in yeah, the second half. Yeah, which you need at some point. So, yeah. you know what? It, it makes for an interesting game because, you know, KC beat – uh, the Ravens and uh, the Ravens defense, I think is better than 49ers defense and the Ravens, like the Ravens, you can argue there are people, ah, oh, their defense wasn't good. I'm like, what are you talking about? They went five consecutive series where the KC had to punt the ball and then, and then the six, and then they took a knee. I'm like, man, they didn't really give up much. So yeah, the like 17 points. If you give up 17 points, you should be able to win. Um, it was two really good defenses. And, you know, obviously Lamar had the one interception they would like back. No question, but I thought that was a pretty good game, right? Like, Casey, you went to your best guys. They went with Rasheed Rice and obviously Kelsey. And then Mahomes. And that was, and then, you know, they obviously had Pacheco. And that's really what they ran their offense around. Yeah, and and they didn't drop balls. Like, they, they, there was a lot of drop balls in that town. Dude, all, like, I was chuckling earlier when all these, oh, they really missed their offensive coordinator. Does he have stick him? Is (laughs) is he going to make them catch the ball? The play calling wasn't the reason. When you have guys wide open and they're dropping balls, it's not play calling. No. And so here they are again. There is something to be said in the NFL for sure. You have an elite quarterback who knows how to win. It makes a difference. Like, Lamar Jackson's probably going to get his second MVP. Yes. He's a hell of a guy. Yeah. But he's not Pat Mahomes. So, Mahomes wins again. Do, do we start moving him up the pantheon of, like, where does he? Because, I mean, there's always the talk about the greatest quarterback of era yeah. and then of all time. This would be two in a row is a hell of an accomplishment. Well, it'd be his third, too, yeah. right? And yeah. At 28 years of age. And, you know, obviously it's super hard to to get to the most all-time. But when I just look at pure athleticism and not just, you know, he could, he was a better scrambler, right? Like he could bring different elements than Brady did, no question, right? So that'll always be a debate. But, yeah, he's got to win now, right? No. Because otherwise it'll be two and two in the Super Bowl. So, no. um, which is still pretty damn good because that means you got there four times. But, Don't ask Tarkenton. Yeah, like it's, uh, you know, it's a big game. And honestly, like I look at the 49ers and I can see people saying, Hey, that's the game they got away with. Now they're going to be better in two weeks. And, and there's some validity to that, but I will say this chief's defense is very good. Yeah. And the lions defense got exposed in the second half, but they limited yeah. San Fran in the first half. And so the one thing about the chief's defense, um, and even without one of their key linebackers, they still were able to shut down Lamar. So I, I think this is going to be a great game. I, you know, I'd love to see there be a lot of points, but something tells me it might be a lower-scoring game. I think in the second half, if the Chiefs get their way, they'll run the ball a lot in the second half, throw it a lot in the first half. And man, I just I, I think the Mahomes legend has already great. But if he wins this one, you know, because the Ravens were... The people I talked to thought the Ravens were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I'm not saying the Chiefs blew them out. They did not. But no. they played, they won the, a tough yes. football game. Yeah, that was, it's funny because when you think of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, you were thinking, okay, there's going to be a lot more fireworks in this game. But it was the two top-ranked defenses, and they yeah. showed it. They, there's only a combined 27 points in that game. That's that's a pretty good defensive game by both. Yeah. By the way, I, I just an aside, I heard a lot of really good things about the uh, uh, the Robin Brownlee uh, event on the weekend and, the, and your speech as well. So, 
Oh. I know that was a uh, a tough thing for you, and I'm, I know you did well. Oh, so. well, thanks, Al. I appreciate that. Now, you know what? It was, I got to learn. I, I knew Robin, obviously, quite well, but I learned lots about him. Uh, um, uh, his, his childhood friends had some great stories. Uh, uh, you know, Bronte, I, you know, it's funny. I, God, I wish I would have known some of those stories beforehand because I would have loved them. So can you tell me about the time you stole a car? <laughs> he was hitchhiking back from uh, out east. It got cold. He's a Vancouver guy and yeah. obviously wasn't dressed. And, uh, you know, I now I remember this. Bronte had the big long hair, yeah. leather jacket, the three-inch platforms. You know, he thought he was a backup dancer and kiss. Yeah. And uh, I guess he was hit. He decided to hitchhike his way home from... Now this is a different era, of course. Sure, right? Like you're talking in the in the late '70s, early '80s, and so he got into Saskatchewan, and he's at a truck stop. I guess it's cold and freezing, or whatever. And somebody's car was running, and Bronte jumped in it and drove it till it ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't do any damage to it. I'm not recommending that, kids. But no. just a different time when lots of people used to uh, used to hitchhike and thinking, you know, hey, I'm just going to hitchhike home across the province. Oh, people would do that all yeah. the time, like yeah. from the, from Ontario to to BC. Well, you know, it's a it's a poke. Yeah. You know why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's coming up on the show? Uh, we're we're actually going to uh, to look at the a um, little bit of the order schedule mm-hmm. upcoming, but not just Edmonton's schedule. Uh, I took the time to look at all of the the uh, you know the com- competition schedule. Uh, did you know Vancouver has a seven game road trip, but then they got a nine game homestand. Wow! Right, wow. nine games. That's crazy to me. And and I was looking at Dallas. Dallas in the month of February, Al. Plays every game in a different city. Oh, my God. Because they're on the road, then they'll come home for one. Then they're back on the road, then they come home for one. That's a crazy schedule for Dallas. So I was looking, you know, yeah, Edmonton has games in hand. That's a benefit. Uh, you know, they got a tough April with, with uh, 10 games in 18 days and, you know, three sets of uh, back-to-backs in that time. But So I wanted to look at all the other ones. Oh. And, and kind of, so we'll go through that. Um, obviously, we're going to talk some, uh, some NFL. Uh, we'll have a little bit of fun. Who are you picking, Al? Who wins the uh, the All Star Game skills competition? Well, I mean, I think McDavid, right? Honestly, I don't know. There's no favorite. I don't see how you can pick a clear favorite. That's why I love this. Well, I, I just I pick him because I just because I think, it's McDavid. But well, I think because you said he picked, he you know, he he wanted this. They got it. I think he'll want to, you know, make it entertaining. How about in the last eleven or last thirteen months? Who leads oh. the NHL in scoring? Well, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. He's been really good. Kucherov's been really good. Yeah. Like, it's it's fascinating to me, man. Like, I can see why people in Edmonton say McDavid. But I can see why people say McKinnon. I'm like, it's hard to find an argument and say, what are you talking about, you idiot? Like, McKinnon's pretty good. <laughs> Kucherov's pretty good. Like, and this skill, like, it's a different, it's like you're you're showing off their, their abilities in a small competition. Like, what about the target shooting? Just... Are you on that day? No. Well, all I know is Greg Polis won two cars, and that was the big part back in 1972 or whatever it was. Jason, (laughs) thanks, man. Thanks.